Chapter 9 of Microbiology and Parasitology. Uh, the topic is Controlling Microbial Growth in Vivo Using Antimicrobial Agents. So the chapter outline would be the introduction, characteristics of an ideal antimicrobial agent, how antimicrobial agents works, antibacterial agents, antifungal, antiprotozoal, and antiviral agents. It also includes drug resistance, strategies in the war against drug resistance, empiric therapy, undesirable effects of antimicrobial agents, and concluding remarks. For the introduction, chemotherapy is the use of any chemical drug to treat any disease or condition. A chemotherapeutic agent is any drug used to treat any condition or disease. While an antimicrobial agent is any chemical or drug used to treat an infectious disease, either by inhibiting or killing pathogens in vivo some antimicrobial agents are also antibiotics. Uh, uh, some terms are antibacterial agents. One of the terms that we'll be discussing is antibacterial agents. These are drugs used to treat bacterial diseases, while uh, drugs used to fungal used to treat fungal diseases are called antifungal agents while antiprotozoal agents are used to treat protozoal diseases and antiviral agents are used to treat viral diseases an antibiotic is a substance produced by a, a microorganism that kills or inhibits growth of other microorganisms uh, there are also semi-synthetic antibiotics these are antibiotics that have been chemically modified to kill a wider variety of pathogens or reduce side effects. Examples include penicillins. No, no. Uh, examples for semi-synthetic anti antibiotic include semi-synthetic penicillins because penicillin was actually one of the first anti biotics that was discovered from a mold. So, an example of a semi-synthetic penicillin is ampicillin and your carbinicillin. The discovery of penicillin was actually by Alexander Fleming. It was derived from a mold, uh, a colony of mold. Penicillium notatum. That's the name of, that is the name of the mold. So there are several characteristics of an ideal antimicrobial agent. Number one, it kill or inhibit the growth of pathogens. Number two, cause no damage to the host. Number three, cause no allergic reaction in the host. Number four, be stable when stored in solid or liquid form. Number five, Remain in specific tissues in the body long enough to be effective. And number six, kill the pathogens before they mutate and become resistant to it. On how actually antimicrobial agents work, 
There are five common mechanisms of action of antimicrobial agents. They are the following. Inhibition of cell wall synthesis. Damage to cell membranes. Inhibition of nucleic acid synthesis. Either DNA or RNA synthesis. Inhibition of protein synthesis. And lastly, inhibition of enzyme activity. In antibacterial agents, bacteriostatic drugs are those that inhibit the growth of bacteria, whereas bactericidal drugs kill bacteria. An example of a bacteriostatic drug is, or an antibacterial agent is your sulfonamides. Sulfonamides. These drugs inhibit the production of folic acid or a vitamin in bacteria that require uh, that require a certain acid to synthesize folic acid. Without folic, folic acid, the bacteria cannot produce certain essential proteins and die eventually. Um, sulfa drugs are known as competitive inhibitors. Uh, so they inhibit uh, enzyme activity. So they are bacteriostatic drugs. They inhibit the growth of the bacteria by inhibiting the production of folic acid in bacteria. Uh, another type of antibacterial agent is that is used in most gram-positive bacteria is penicillin. Penicillin interferes with the synthesis and cross-linking of peptidoglycan, a component of bacterial cell walls. So its action is it inhibits, it inhibits cell wall synthesis. Okay? Thus, penicillin destroys the bacteria. Cholestine and nalidisic acid destroy only gram-negative bacteria. They are referred to as narrow-spectrum antibiotics. Antibiotics that are destructive to both gram-positive and gram-negative bacteria are called broad-spectrum spectrum antibiotics. Examples are ampicillin, chlorampenicol, and tetracycline. They are sometimes used in multidrug therapy. Sometimes, one drug is not sufficient. That's why it's called multidrug therapy. Two or more, two or more drugs may be used simultaneously as, treat, uh, as example the treatment of tuberculosis. And there are four medicines that, that are used. Uh, isoniazid, itambotol, rifampicid, and I forgot the other one. So, you can classify antibacterial agents either bactericidal or bacteriostatic. Antibacterial agents that have a bactericidal effect include the following. Penicillins, cephalosporins, aminoglycosides, and fluoroquinolones. Fluoroquinolones. While bacteriostatic drugs include tetracyclines and macrolides.
the next topic is uh, the effect of antibacterial agents on how it should be taken okay, or the action when it's taken together with other antibiotics. Two terms, remember these two terms, synergism and antagonism. Synergism is when two antimicrobial agents are used together to produce a degree of pathogen killing that is greater than achieved by either drug alone. So, synergism is a good thing. Antagonism is when two drugs actually work against each other. The extent of pathogen killing is less than the, that achieved by either drug alone. So, antagonism by antibacterial agents is a bad thing. So, next topic is antifungal agents. Most antifungal agents work in one of three ways. First, by binding with cell membrane sterols, for example, mistatin and ampotherosin B. Another is by interfering, interfering with interfering, sorry, by interfering with sterol synthesis. Example is your trimoxazole and your myconazole. And lastly, by blocking mitosis or nucleic acid synthesis, like zeofulvin and uh, flucytosine. Antifungal anti agents and antiprotozoal agents tend to be more toxic to the patient, like a human, because they are also eukaryotic organisms. So, anti in antiprotozoal agents, Sorry about that. <laughs> Next is antiprotozoal anti agents. Antiprotozoal agents, like antifungal agents, are also highly toxic to the host. So they work by two ways. Number one is interfering with DNA and RNA synthesis. Examples is your chloro chlor chlor chloroquine. This has been very, what do you call that, uh, talked about or yeah, for the past year because of COVID-19, chloroquine is actually a anti-malaria drug. But it was doubted by certain individuals to cure COVID-19. Pentamidine and quanacrine. And the other, other one, on how antiprotozoal agents work, is by it interferes with protozoal metabolism. Like The most common is metronidazole. Next is antiviral agents. They are the newest weapons in antimicrobial methodology. The problem is antiviral agents are difficult to develop because viruses are produced within host cells. Some drugs have been developed that are effective in certain viral infections but not others. They work by inhibiting viral replication within cells. Antiviral agent cocktails, meaning several drugs that are administered simultaneously, are being used to treat HIV infection. So we've discussed the different types of antimicrobials. We'll discuss next drug resistance or superbugs. Superbugs are microbes, mostly bacteria, that have become resistant to one or more antimicrobial agent. 
So infections caused by superbugs or super or super infections are actually very difficult to treat. So these are the common bacterial superbugs. First is your MRSA, your methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, vancomycin-resistant Enterococcus, multidrug-resistant Mycobacterium tuberculosis, multidrug-resistant strains of Acinobacter, Borkholderia, E. coli, Klebsiella, Pseudomonas, Sorry, Stenotropomonas, Salmonella, Shigella, and Gonorrhea. Beta-lactamase producing strains of Streptococcus pneumoniae and Haemophilus influenza. And the last one is your Carbapinimase producing Klebsiella pneumoniae. So, how does bacteria actually become resistant to drugs? Mostly at the start, some bacteria are naturally resistant because they lack the specific target site for the drug or the drug is unable to cross the organism's cell wall or cell membrane. Thus, it cannot reach its site of action. Resistance of this type is known as intrinsic resistance. If a bacteria that were once susceptible to a particular drug becomes resistant, this is called acquired resistance. Before a drug enters a bacterial cell, it must first bind to the proteins on the surface of the cell wall. These proteins are called drug binding sites. A chromosomal mutation that affects the structure of those drug binding sites can prevent the drug from binding, thus resulting in a drug resistance. Bacteria can develop the ability to produce an enzyme that destroys or inactivates a drug. Actually, many bacteria have become resistant to penicillin because they have acquired the gene for penicillinase production during conjugation. A plasmid that contains multiple genes for drug resistance is known as resistance factor or R factor. Bacteria can also become resistant to drugs by de developing the ability to produce multidrug resistance, or MDR. Uh, it's called MDR pumps, or multidrug resistant pumps. It's also known as your MDR transporters, or efflux pumps. Uh, the MDR pump actually enables the cell to pump out drugs that enter the cell even before they can damage or kill the cell. That's how MDR pumps work. So, bacteria can acquire resistance to microbial agents by several processes. First is by chromosomal mutation. Next is by acquisition of new genes by, number one, transduction through bacteriophages carrying DNA from one bacteria to another. Next is transformation through naked DNA in the environment and most commonly by conjugation or plasmid containing such gene like MDR. So for drug resistances, specific drug resistances like for beta lactamases, 
Every penicillin and silophosphorine molecule contains a double ring structure referred to as a house and a garage. Okay? The garage is known as the beta-lactam ring. Some bacteria produce enzymes, beta-lactamases, that destroy that ring. When beta-lactam is destroyed, the drug no longer works. There are two types of beta-lactamases, penicillinases and cellophosphorinases. Some bacteria produce both types. So for drug resistances, drug re companies have developed special drugs that com combine a beta-lactam antibiotic with a beta-lactamase inhibitor. This include the most common is uh, clovanic acid combined with amoxicillin uh, or coamoxiclav. It's known as more commonly as augmentin for its brand name, but its generic is co uh, coamoxiclav. Clovanic acid combined with ticarcelin, it's also known as thymintin. Solbactam combined with ampicillin or ampicillin solbactam, example is sorgunacin. And one of the commonly used is piperacillin uh, tazobactam. That is one of the commonly used uh, special drugs or combined drugs. So next, let's talk about strategies in the war against drug resistance. So these are some tips. Number one, education of healthcare professionals and patients on drug resistance. Patients should stop demanding antibiotics every time they are or their child is sick. Physicians also should not be pressured by patients and should prescribe drugs only when warranted. Clinicians should prescribe a narrow-spectrum drug if lab results indicate that it kills the pathogen. Another is patients should destroy or any excess or outdated medications. Antibiotics should not be used in a prophylactic manner. Another is healthcare professionals should practice good infection control and patients should not take drugs or patients should take drugs in a manner prescribed so those are some tips in the war against bacteria or drug resistance let's talk about now about empiric therapy empiric therapy is when a drug therapy is initiated before laboratory results are available uh, like before the pathogen is identified or before susceptibility test results are available but sometimes empiric therapy is necessary to save a patient's life. A doctor or a clinician can actually make an educated guess based on the past experience with types of infectious diseases and the most effective drugs. So in empiric therapy, clinicians must take a number of factors into consideration before prescribing any antimicrobial agents. So next is the undesirable effects of antimicrobial agents or reasons why antimicrobial agents should not be used indiscriminately. First is organisms susceptible to that agent will die 
but resistant ones will follow. This is known as selecting for resistant organisms. Another is the patient may also become allergic to the agent. Many agents are also toxic to humans and some are very toxic. Another one is with prolonged use, a broad spectrum antibiotic may destroy the normal flora, resulting in an overgrown bacteria known as superinfection. So, how do clinicians select for drug-resistant organisms? First is endogenous microflora of patients are seen before antibiotic therapy. Then antibi antibiotic therapy has, is initiated. Then resistant organisms multiply and become the predominant organism. So that ends our discussion for chapter 9 of our book, Controlling Microbial Growth in Vivo Using Antimicrobial Agents. For microbiology with parasitology for nursing. Thank you.